We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome along to Kikenny today with Frank Tyden. indeed and I hope I find you well. Many thanks for joining me here on Kilkenny today and uh, we're here of course each weekday, um, Monday through Friday from 5 until 6 and um, busy programme today for you Um, but before I start I want to say thanks to my colleague Anne Nolan for her help with production of today's programme and uh, later on, uh, well not too much later on in a few moments, um, I'm going to be speaking to Professor Barry O'Reilly who's an obstetrician and gynaecologist and we will discuss a medical condition called overactive bladder which recently research indicates 36% of people in Ireland are not really aware of it and um, yet it's a medical condition which affects over 350,000 people so we'll have lots of interesting information from Professor O'Reilly and um, latest COVID-19 restrictions is putting a huge challenge on many local businesses here in Kilkenny and throughout the country but later on I'll be talking to a local business who is providing a great service here in Kilkenny, that's TC Tires and also a little bit later we'll be talking about um, a virtual conference that's coming up this weekend in relation to fighting blindness in Ireland and uh, I'll be talking to the head of research there Dr Laura Brady later on the programme and maybe more if we can fit it in but um, time permitting but let's start today with a little interview I had earlier in the day with Professor Barry O'Reilly. Overactive bladder is a medical condition that affects approximately 350,000 people over the age of 40 in Ireland. But recent research indicates 36% of people do not know what overactive bladder is. To help us learn some more information about the condition, I'm delighted to welcome to Kilkenny today Professor Barry O'Reilly, who is an obstetrician and gynaecologist at both Cork University Hospital and the Matter Private Hospital. Professor O'Reilly, so nice to speak with you, and many thanks for joining us here on Community Radio Kilkenny City today. How are you? Good, thanks, Frank. Nice to talk to you. And um, I was just maybe for for our listeners, um, Professor O'Reilly, and obviously the, 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 the recent research has indicated many people are not aware of the condition itself. Maybe, perhaps, could you give an overview of OAB? Yeah, I mean, firstly, thank you for inviting me to talk about this. It's uh, an annual event that we try and raise awareness around the country as to what it is. So overactive bladder is a, is a condition resulting in, in severe disruption of uh, bladder control. It affects women and men. But I guess as a gynecologist, I'll, I'll just talk about women today. So we, we know about one in three women suffer from some form of urinary incontinence. And uh, broadly speaking, there's two categories. The first one would be stress incontinence, which is uh, something that many women suffer as a result of childbirth. Um, as a result, they have uh, leakage of urine with any activity, whether it's exercise or running, trampoline, that type of thing. 
Uh, but overactive bladder is, is a completely different condition, and we don't really know what causes it, but we know it, it results in a, a quite profound disruption to daily activities. Our women are running to the toilets nearly every hour, uh, up at night time, so it's significant sleep disruption. Uh, they also suffer from urinary urgency, which is, uh, we often refer to the, the statement latchkey urgency, so as soon as the key is in the door, they have to drop everything and run to the loo. Uh, so they're unable to defer the, the toileting. Uh, and often if they don't get there on time, they have an accident. So it's a, it's a very difficult condition to live with. Uh, and I guess uh, many women just put up with it as a, a normal part of aging or childbirth and, and don't seek help. And the message we want to get across today is, you know, really, this is something that can be improved upon significantly and uh, to go and seek help from your doctor. Yeah, and I suppose the possible causes, I mean, again, there are many different causes. I mean, obviously, areas like um, um, maybe drinking caffeine and so on. But, um, you know, again, maybe perhaps for, for people listening uh, to highlight maybe some of the possible causes. And um, you've indicated, obviously, the symptoms. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult, really, I suppose, to isolate, is it? it it's, it's very difficult to, to isolate a, a, a major cause. I mean, the importance of going to see the doctor is there in a very small percentage of cases that can be serious issues underlying for example, polyps in the bladder or even cancer of the bladder, uh, multiple sclerosis, that type of thing. But, you know, I just need to emphasize these are very unusual uh, yes. conditions. Uh, but for the most part, we, we, we don't know the true cause of it. Often it's a, a developing condition. That as one gets older, the bladder becomes less elastic, if you like. And as a result of that, it doesn't behave as it should and it becomes unstable or irritable, uh, and resulting in the symptoms that we've just talked about. I was just reading an article that you uh, um, uh, had in the Irish Times back in I think, 2018 and uh, again it was a similar title but you talked about embarrassment I suppose questions that maybe people are too embarrassed to ask is it, is, is it a condition where perhaps people are uh, finding it a bit embarrassing maybe to talk to people about? Yeah look it, it's, it's the phrase we've often referred to is it's a, one of these taboo subjects so um, I mean I came back from Australia about 16 years ago uh, there was a very kind of uh, high level kind of public awareness campaign and awareness uh, campaign in, in Australia but not so much here and certainly I, I find that most women were just they put up with it, they didn't talk about it they find it embarrassing obviously uh, and you know but what we've seen over the years is the profound effect it has on, on what we call quality of life so so people would say that it's, it's a condition that doesn't kill you but it, it steals your life so, yes. uh, you know, we've seen strong links between S and depression. We see strong links between overactive bladder and not wanting to go out or socialize. And obviously this is compounded by the, the whole COVID situation at the moment where, where people are feeling even more isolated than ever. Absolutely, and it brings us nicely into, I suppose, the research which has been carried out on behalf of Vestelis to control overactive bladder. And maybe just to, I'm going to quote some of the figures to you, uh, Professor. 47% of patients with medical concerns unrelated to COVID-19 have avoided visiting a GP or healthcare professional since uh, the pandemic began. I mean, I suppose it's, a, it's really relevant, isn't it? Because I suppose we're all maybe a bit concerned about, about getting in touch with a GP because of the um, COVID-19. But did you find that figure a bit concerning? Well, it was completely surprising to us because, um, I mean, I think anecdotally as healthcare professionals, we, we realised that with the first lockdown uh, in, in March, April, May, that the emergency rooms, for example, were, were very, were, were empty. 
Uh, people weren't going to the hospitals. They weren't going to see their doctors. Uh, and that was partly because they, they didn't want to go and potentially get COVID, uh, but also because uh, a lot of medical practices were, were caught so unaware that they, were, they didn't have processes in place to, to deal with patients coming into the waiting room, for example. We're not seeing so much of it now. I think I, I think the public are, are are more willing to 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 go and seek help because it's been going on such a long time that, that we really need to get the message out there that underlying medical conditions need need attention as well, and we, we can't ignore things. Um, I suppose as well we we spoke there about you know um, the female side to it, but again. Um, the research indicated 20, 29% believe oh, um, overactive bladder affects women primarily, but again, 52% actually concerns men, so it's um, it's both sexes really, isn't it? Yeah, it's a significant issue for, for men also. Uh, obviously, I don't deal with male patients, yes. but we know that um, benign prostatic enlargement, which is, is very common as, as men get older, uh, causes an obstruction to urinary flow, so the bladder has to work harder to, to empty, and as a result of that, uh, these overactive bladder symptoms that we've we've talked about can affect men as they get older just as much, and they should really go and see their doctor also because uh, you know, not just benign prostatic disease, but it could actually be a, a more concerning tumor. Uh, and again, I suppose because of COVID-19 restrictions and people maybe even who are going to town to do shopping and so on, the lack of availability of public toilets and so on. I mean, again, people need to almost plan in advance, don't they, if they have the condition. And um, again, as you said, I mean, obviously causing stress and some of the um, anxiety as well. Yeah, that's a, a great point. And again, we, we often refer to the phrase of toilet mapping. Yeah. Uh, it's very much highlighted in the Australian continent society where, where they talk about, in fact, they provide maps for, for an area so for example you can put in on a google map where you're leaving from and your destination and it will highlight all the public conveniences en route obviously we're not that advanced here but what we do find is that women who suffer from this and men obviously as well uh, would be very worried about going into town for example or go shopping and, and they tend to know every place that they can yeah. go to the toilet in, in that journey so you know, to have that kind of stress on you, aside from the, the day-to-day stresses of life, is, is, is pretty awful. And, and the message we want to get across is that help can be achieved and, and uh, you know, symptom profile can be significantly improved. If you, if you look at things, resources like the overactive oab.ie website or go and talk to your, your, your GP about it. Again, I suppose on a positive side, I mean, the research indicated that 60% of people admit that they could not return to life they had before they sought help from a GP or professional. So again, that's a very positive indication, isn't it, about that, that the amount of help that's there, and um, which is good. Yeah, look, I, I think, again, the message that this campaign, why it's so important that we highlight it just at least for this one week or, or one month a year, is to get people to, to look for help and to talk about it you know, to talk to their friends and, and you'd be surprised or, or, or the public would be surprised by, you know, if they bring it up, how many of their friends are also suffering from this problem. Uh, and often with patients that come back and say, you know, I'm so glad that I've, I've got, on, got in control of this. Uh, and, you know, talking to my friends, you know, as a result of, of their successes in treatment, that they now have friends who will now go and talk about it more freely. 
So it's good advice. And uh, as you said, there's lots of information out there, even on, online. I mean, the HSC also have information, which is very helpful. I was kind of going through myself there at the weekend. And uh, so it's good to talk. I mean, obviously, yeah. the COVID-19 is putting, you know, more restrictions on us all. But your advice would be, Professor, um, that people maybe who feel that they are experiencing something like overactive bladder should contact their GP um, or yeah, healthcare professional. I, I think help is, is there. And, um, you know, eight, nine months into this, we, we can't put all our other medical conditions on hold uh, because of the concerns with COVID. It's really a question that's been asked now, I think, by more people, isn't it? That, I mean, you know, we obviously, we still, I mean, we have such a huge um, uh, need to deal with COVID-19, but there are so many other problems which are potentially being put down the, down the line a bit, which is going to possibly come back and cause major problems this year and next year. Yeah, look, uh, you know, the, the figures will eventually surface. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think anecdotally we know of, of many misdiagnoses and, and patients who have, you know, have come into hospital eventually with quite severe coronary disease or advanced cancers that may possibly have been picked up early if, if, if this uh, pandemic hadn't been in place. So, uh, yeah, life needs to get back to normal, I mean, in, in many ways. And, and I know the government are obviously doing their best to, to keep the, the, the COVID situation uh, in control but uh, along with that we need to think about other things you know and there's been lots of dialogue about the economy and everything else but uh, not so much about the underlying health conditions that the public suffer from in the health of the nation. Absolutely, and I suppose this is where it's so helpful to have conversations like today that people, uh, you know, and again, in, far, in fairness, I suppose the HSC as well, they, they are saying to people, listen, if you, if you have a problem, contact your A&E or contact your GP. So the doors are open, and that's the important exactly. point. Professor Barry O'Reilly, obstetrician and gynaecologist, many thanks indeed for joining us on Kenny today and sharing your knowledge and advice uh, on treating overactive bladder. Many thanks. Pleasure. Thank you for thanks, having Professor. Bye. Bye-bye. Streaming live across the globe on Community Radio KilkennyCity.ie. Community Radio Kilkenny City, keeping you company on 88.7 FM. Oh, welcome back to Kilkenny today. Yes, indeed, and many thanks to Professor Barry O'Reilly for sharing his time in what is a busy day for him um, based down at Cork University Hospital and the Matter Hospital and uh, talking about the overactive bladder campaign. More information can be uh, accessed. Uh, they have a self-assessment questionnaire as well if you have any concerns, and you can get it on www.oab.ie, and it's a very informative web page. and as I said, also the HSC have information as well. So hopefully they'll all be of help to you. But listen, I'm going to take my first ad break now. I'll be back in about two minutes. Kilkenny's only community radio station. Local like you. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. Why not advertise with your Community Radio Kilkenny City as it puts your message into shops, restaurants, factories, homes and cars of a potential 40,000 listeners. So, we have something for everybody. Call today and book your spot with us. Or why not sponsor a programme or a slot by calling the office on 056 77 or our sales team on 086 810 Community Radio Kilkenny City is a voluntary and not-for-profit organisation. 
Indeed, welcome back to Kilkenny Today and uh, you're listening to Frank Tynan and um, I have a traffic notice here up until Friday the 6th of November 2020 and Warden Burke, Burke Construction Limited on behalf of Irish Water will be carrying out at a, um, a water main upgrade on Bateman Quay at the junction with John Br- John's Bridge until Friday November the 6th each evening from half past 6 until 6am in the morning to facilitate upgrades to the water main. Temporary traffic management will be in place and local access will be accommodated where possible. Kilkenny County Council apologises for any inconvenience caused. And just as a little traffic update, which will be obviously in effect during the week ahead. Um, but anyway, back to today's programme. And as I mentioned, obviously, and we, we've we've started last week on a programme here and the station in general, we're supporting local and it's so important for Kilkenny people to support local Kilkenny businesses in the present climate, um, particularly as we now are in again stage five lockdown. But there are many, many great businesses locally who are trying to keep going and doing very, very well. And um, I was talking to a little bit earlier on, Sinead Cantwell from TC Tires, who've had a great history here in Kilkenny and uh, how they're coping with COVID-19 and what they're providing for us, the customers. The latest COVID-19 lockdown is causing many challenges for local businesses across Kilkenny. The support of Kilkenny people for Kilkenny business is vitally important in 2020 and we in Community Radio Kilkenny City are delighted to support Kilkenny's local business community. TC Tires, based in the heart of Kilkenny, is one of Ireland's leading independent tyre dealerships and joining me now on Kilkenny today is Sinead Cantwell from TC Tires as we discuss COVID-19 and what they've been doing for so many years here in Kilkenny. Sinead, how are you? Hiya, Frank. Thanks for having us on today. So nice to talk to you. And um, as I mentioned there, uh, Sinead, obviously, you've been around Kilkenny for a long time. 1984, I think it was originally when you when you yeah, opened up. Yeah, 36 years, Frank. And uh, we're heading for 37 years there on the start of January. Fantastic. So we are delighted to be still around and have built up the business over all those years, starting with my father and now Donna, my brother and Owen and myself have taken it over. But we wouldn't be here only for the people of Kilkenny. That's why... As you say, we like to support the local community and they support us back and that's why our doors are still open. Well, exactly, Sinead. And obviously, TC Towers have been so supportive of, of local radio, community radio, over so many years and uh, local sporting activities as well. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's greatly appreciated by everybody. Yeah, my father, um, Lord of mercy on him, but um, he was a great believer in looking after the local community because they had actually looked after us for so many years. But it was very close to his heart, as you know, even the community radio was like his little baby. And he brought it from, with all those other men, brought it from what it was to what it is today. Um, And he will be very proud of what you're all doing after all these years. Oh, that's so kind of you to say, Sinead. And um, I suppose just to look at COVID nineteen and every aspect of our lives is affected by COVID nineteen, Sinead. But um, but how are you how are you uh, coping as a business in relation to COVID nineteen? Obviously, it's made some changes, but but the doors are still open. Yes, we're luckier than some people. Um, this time, our doors are fully open. Whereas for the first lockdown, we were partly closed just to look after the essential services like the guardi and the ambulance and the doctors and the nurses who did such great service to us all. So we were here on call for them for whenever they needed us. But this time is a little bit different. We are actually fully open um, and here to serve whoever needs us. Um, but we have put some different procedures in place like any other outlet that had to stay open. We do have, hopefully, um, if people can at all, we're hoping that they can make an appointment with us yes. just to protect our own staff and protect the people so that we can keep people socially distanced. Um, we understand that people can have punctures and they can't be planned for. So if they need us, they just call in. We do take all their details at the time for contact tracing. We clean down each car um, and all the boys sanitise before and after. Um, they do each car 
Um, and then we actually have only two seating areas, I'm afraid, for customers to wait. But people have been great. They'll go off for a walk or they'll sit outside and they'll have a chat. We're lucky that our premises is so open and so big. And so central um, as well, Yes, yeah, 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 so that they can actually do something else. Um, but people have been great, you know. Um, I know people haven't been doing as much mileage as they have been in other years, yeah. but they still need to get their cards checked, especially coming into the winter and with the change in the weather, even in the last week or so. So if anyone even wants just a free tyre check, a safety check, um, a pressure check, they can just call in and we look after them. I was going to mention that to you, I mean, because again, it's something I suppose is close to all our hearts, but particularly yourselves, tyre safety, like, and the importance of having good tyres, particularly in the winter, and, um, you know, that's one of the great services that you provide, is putting people's mind at ease in relation to, you know, maybe tyre replacement and uh, what kind of tyres to get. Yes, yeah, yeah, it is amazing that it is only the one thing that's between you and the road, and um, a lot of people will put it on the long finger, but as I said, it's only a five minute, ten minute check, and it will actually keep you safe on the road and a lot of people think because they weren't on the road for so many weeks or whatever that their tyres are alright but actually because they've been sitting there the tyres actually need to be checked from lack of use rather than overuse so we will check that as well for them that's such a good point, Jeanette, actually, maybe what many of us wouldn't consider at the moment because, as you rightly say, people haven't been doing the mileage, but that doesn't mean that the tyres are as safe as they would have been maybe six months ago. No, no, they wouldn't be. And the pressures, well, the manufacturers say the pressures should be checked every few weeks. So we would suggest to people even once a month, get your pressures checked. Um, because if your pressures aren't right in the car, one, the tyres will actually wear, and two, they won't actually stop correctly when, if you do actually need them to stop in an emergency. Such good advice, and um, I suppose as well, you know, other businesses around Kenny have been very supportive to yourselves, and vice versa. That you, we're all trying to keep it local, aren't we? And you must have um, many great um, local businesses that you're supporting as well. Oh yeah, yeah. We we get support from nearly any every retailer I can think of, um, especially the local ones. When you think of other uh, small local retailers that are there from generation to generation. Um, some of their fathers and grandfathers have been coming to us and then their sons are still coming to us. You know, people like Goods and Paul's and Hennessy Sports Shop. And, you know, we as a family business would like to support them as well. And we know at the moment even Murphy's Jewelers, uh, Stephen and Martin there are doing a thing online that if you that they will give out a voucher randomly if you purchase online. And then even my own husband, he has Kilkenny iPhone repairs and he's given a voucher for either Canaz or Murphy's or Graham's shoes um, when you spend over €100. Euro. We're doing something similar ourselves. I know we did a promotion with G last year when we were open 35 years. Yes. Um, and we gave away a number of local vouchers there. But this time we're actually doing a Kilkenny chamber voucher. As I said, when people come in, we are taking their details for contact tracing. So we're going to use that if um, they if they allow us to do it. And we will give a 100 euro voucher. We're going to do a draw for it on the last day of the month, the 30th of November. So whoever wins it then will actually hopefully have it for the 1st of December when we all <laughs> reopen. Go, yes, go back to near um, yeah, normality. So to, yeah, to stimulate some of the local businesses in town. You know, we all know we have all sorts, such great businesses there we have from butchers to bakers I'd say we even have a candlestick maker if I could think of one yes. but like we have butchers like Canaz and Grogan's and O'Brien's and I know even Butcher the restaurant is actually selling meat online and then the bakers we know we all have Tess's Baker there a local baker and Kyo's Bakery 
And I'm sure if I could think, oh, I can think of a candle maker. If it's not a candlestick maker, it's not to a flame out in Venice Bridge. Fantastic. But it's just to think outside the box and to look after the local ones first. Um, I know we all like to shop online, but a lot of them have click and collect now. And I know Allen's and High Street are doing, you can buy online and then on post will deliver it. But there is so much, you know, goodness going on behind the scenes. It's just not to forget that all these people that have closed doors are still trying to pay their overheads and look after their staff as we all are trying to do at the moment. So it's just to think of those before we go on to the big online stores. That's, that's so well put, um, Sinead. And again, you've you've really covered so many local businesses that we can all support. And it's great to see local businesses themselves supporting each other. I mean, that's such a huge statement. And I suppose, obviously, we're wearing the black and amber now because Kilkenny are back in hurling again. But we can wear the black and amber for Kilkenny as well. And uh, this is a great chance to, to lead into Christmas and try and give some support locally to jobs as well. I mean, obviously, yeah, which is so yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. And I know there is other larger businesses in town as well. And they actually do... Um, employ an awful lot of people so we have to remember those as well but if we think of our small not small most of them aren't small anymore but independent local retailers in Kilkenny first and look if we look after each other and hopefully we can stimulate the Kilkenny economy just like the people of Kilkenny have always looked after us in TC Tires for the last 36 years it would be great well, listen, Sinead uh, Cantwell, on behalf of TC Tires, so nice talking to you. 36, going on to 37 years of support here in Kilkenny. And as you mentioned again, just for all of us to be concerned about the safety as well of our own tires and cars and uh, great access there to information and uh, and it's all really good. Okay, thanks, Frank. Thank you for Many having thanks, me. Many thanks, Sinead. Bye. Okay, thank you, bye. Bye. Shop local and keep our city alive. President of Dublin City University, Derek Yeo, acknowledges the importance of shopping local in the Marble City. I was glad to hear the ad there at the top of the hour about kind of shopping local and the importance of shopping local, especially for a beautiful city like Kilkenny. The heartbeat of our city is shopping local. And it's ever it's so important in 2020 that we do support local. And that was a good news story. Great local business, TC Tires. And let's support local uh, in 2020 and get um, business and uh, jobs safe here in our great city and county. But, um, yeah, let's look before we go to our last la- ad break, just uh, the Sunday Business Post at the weekend. A great, um, I suppose, review of the last week since I spoke to you last, last Monday. And... Um, uh, I suppose a good news sign as well. Retail sales up 1.5% in September. So retail sales rose by 1.5% on a monthly basis in September according to new CSO figures and the increase marks the fourth month of annual growth in a row. The most substantial monthly increase were in car sales which again is very, very good. Uh, it's been a difficult year I think for car sales but it's up by 5.7% and hardware and clothing sales up by 42 and 3.1% respectively. Sales in bars decreased by 16% as you would expect and uh, lighting sales fell by 1.6%. So a little bit of good news there as well. And um, I'm going to take my last ad break now. We're back to you in about two and a half minutes. Community Radio Kilkenny City. Local like you. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM. There are over 250,000 people living with visual impairment or blindness in Ireland. Retina 2020 is a virtual conference for people living with sight loss and takes place on Saturday. One of the topics the conference will discuss will be how to look after our eye health during COVID-19. I'm delighted to welcome to Kilkenny today to discuss Retina 2020, Dr Laura Brady, Head of Research with Fighting Blindness Ireland. Dr Brady, hello, how are you? And many thanks for joining us today on Kilkenny Today. I'm good, I'm, thank you very much for having us. 
It's a pleasure, and um, perhaps I was just I was just uh, looking at Fighting Blindness website that at the weekend, Doctor Brady, and there's so much good information on it. Perhaps for our listeners, you might just um, indicate to us the work that you do. Yeah, sure. So Fighting Blindness, uh, we are a charity organisation, and we were established maybe close to forty years ago now. And what we do is, I suppose, we have three strands to the work that we do. The first, and I suppose our primary mission is really to try and and find uh, treatments and cures for sight loss, be that funding research here in Ireland or abroad. Um, but we also recognise that, you know, funding research and getting treatments doesn't happen overnight. So um, to look at the now and what we can do to provide support to people in the present as they, as they, I suppose, live with uh, visual impairments, we have a wide range of support services that we also provide and um, again, you know, as you mentioned, there's a lot on our website. So would encourage anyone to to go to our website at www.fightingblindness.ie, where the full breadth of the support services that we provide can be found. And well, it's really impressive, Doctor Brady. I mean, you know, obviously uh, utilizing areas like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram during COVID nineteen is giving great, I suppose, access to people who are experiencing difficulties, not alone due to COVID-19, but with their own condition. Exactly. And I mean, I suppose our role at, at Fighting Blindness, we'd see it as really just empowering people with information and educating um, people around their eye condition and what research is taking place, how we can provide support. And because there's so much information on the internet and it could be you know, if you've just received a diagnosis, we're all guilty of yes. going into, into Google Doc and it can be overwhelming when you get all the information that comes back. So we would, what we try and do is really break that down and provide really clear, accurate, up-to-date information for everyone. And obviously, I suppose areas like counselling are now greatly um, limited in relation to one-to-one. But again, you have provided um, access via online and also an idea which I love is called virtual coffee morning. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, we've all found um, COVID and the restrictions imposed on us incredibly isolating. And and the people living with sight loss, they too have, you know, felt a huge impact of restrictions. So, you know, not only are they, um, you know, living with sight loss, they're now having to social isolate. And it can be very lonely. Um, it's lonely for all of us. So really what we're trying to do is just show the community, you know, fighting blindness is still very much here. And we can connect, um, be it in a virtual world. And little coffee mornings that we'd have every week, or even support groups, technical exchange clubs, living with sight loss courses. We've all we've all moved to a virtual platform now, and Zoom is now a new member of everyone's family. And what we found is it's really working. It's it doesn't necessarily replace the face to face meetings and the face to face interactions. Um, but it does bridge that gap until until hopefully that day comes back soon where we can all congregate and have the chats like we would normally do. Absolutely. And again, I suppose for, for everybody now, certainly those maybe who are in the um, at-risk group as well, people maybe who are at home on their own uh, due to COVID-19, obviously if you have a visual um, impairment as well, I mean, it's, it's, it's really a lot probably extra anxiety. People it need is. to keep in touch, yeah. It is, and, and so I suppose, and what we would be encouraging listeners um, is, is to not neglect your eyesight during these times. And yes. all we're hearing at the moment is COVID and, you know, the number of people in hospital with COVID. And, and while that's really important and for us to be aware of, we also need to, I suppose, manage and look after ourselves at the same time. 
and not neglect um, our own health and with that our own eye health. Absolutely, and I suppose again it's important to say, I mean, maybe for, for new patients perhaps who maybe are experiencing some eye problems at the moment, that you know, that it's important to contact, I suppose, maybe first of all, maybe their GP uh, or hospital services, but I mean, it's important to be seen early, isn't it, particularly with eyes? Exactly. So we know that about 75% of sight loss conditions can be prevented, and, and by that we mean it can be prevented through, you know, early diagnosis and managing of that condition so that they don't progress to a very severe stage where there is significant loss of vision. And this would include conditions such as um, age-related macular degeneration. So one in 10 over the age of 50 will experience macular degeneration. And again, that we can really try our very best to manage these conditions by you know, going to our opticians every year if there's a family history of AMD, um, we would encourage those family members to go to our therapeuticians every year for an eye test. Um, even conditions like glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, they can all be managed yes. um, by early diagnosis. Uh, and, and so like that, just really important to keep those eye appointments. Yes. And if you have a, an, eye, um, an eye appointment with your doctor during COVID, and you're not really sure, should I go, should I not go? We'd always just encourage ring the hospital and, and have that conversation with them. The hospitals are really doing their very best to make these safe places for everyone. And um, we would really encourage people, you know, to try and make those appointments if they can. Yes. Um, but only at their, if they're comf- comfortable to do so, of course. Such important advice. And again, obviously, funding, Dr. Brady, is very important to many organisations, but um, I believe 90% of your um, f- funding comes from donations and so on, yes? Yes, yeah, so it comes from the good of the general public. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we... Um, and we would fu- we're the largest uh, research charity in Ireland, funding research. And, yeah, it, COVID has definitely had an impact, and um, it's a difficult time for all businesses and um but we still we remain very true to our mission um it hasn't we haven't slowed down anywhere in the office um but yeah we would be very much reliant on public donations and support that way again i suppose i've spoken to a number of charities on the program over the last few weeks um dr brady and it's it's difficult isn't it to to to, to work in this present environment but I'm, but it's I'm, I'm sure fighting blindness have many ideas that they're trying to get up and running Exactly, and I suppose we're, we're, we're a small organisation and a very patient-focused. We were, we were found by members um, who, by patient members who were living with sight loss, and even our board of directors is primarily patient-led. So our motivation really comes from trying to do our very best to improve those lives. And um, I think even with the challenges that COVID presents if anything it just makes you work at that little bit harder and to try and find new and creative ways to engage with a community and obviously um people living with sight loss it creates it generates some even greater challenges but fighting blindness has definitely stepped up to take on that challenge and and try and be a source and a resource there for the community Absolutely. And again, I suppose we, you spoke about Zoom and we're all kind of getting into IT technology now, but uh, your conference at the weekend, I think it's a two-day event, but uh, on Saturday, it's a public engagement day and it's really it's really a great agenda and uh, very exciting. And anybody can actually log into it. Isn't that right, Dr. Brady? That's right. Um, and, you know, normally we have this event in a hotel in, in Dublin and we welcome over 200 people on the day. And one of the huge parts 
of that, one of the huge elements of that conference is really meeting people who are experience, going through the same experiences as yourself, you know, living with sight loss. So it's an opportunity for people to meet with other families, share their own journey, and to learn and hear from scientists and clinicians. Um, but obviously with COVID, we've had to transition to an online form. And so we will be using a Zoom webinar function. And as you say, we've... We, we've tried to cover everything in, in the day, so we'll have a little bit of research. We have um, one of our colleagues from the US who's going to give an overview of all the research and clinical trials taking place. Um, we will have presentations from our colleagues over in Retina South Africa as to how best to look after your eyes and, and yourself, most importantly. Um, we will have clinicians on the day um, to talk about looking after your eye health in in a COVID world, I suppose. Um, and we'll also have, obviously, um, more information on our various different support services. And, um, yeah, as you say, this is open to anyone. It's open to anyone who is maybe themselves living with sight loss, um, to family or friends who may also know people living with sight loss. It's open to professionals out there if they'd like to learn a little bit more from the patient perspective and it's a free event and anyone can register by just logging on to www.fightingblindness.ie and just a very quick registration and a link will be provided. Perhaps I might just go into maybe a couple of the uh, presentations because um, you've got international rugby star Ian McKinley and um, he's sharing his experience obviously he had a eye challenge himself and uh, that's a very inspirational story too isn't it? It is, and, and um, we're absolutely delighted that Ian McKinley can join us this year, and he's going to speak to attendees about his own personal experience with sight loss. And, I mean, there are so many different types of sight loss out there and, you know, can impact on people in very different ways. Um, but Ian will be sharing his own personal experience um, and the injury he received playing rugby um, and losing vision in, in his in one of his eyes and, and his journey since then and um, he is going to kindly join us on today to share his up, his highs and lows um, and he's a very strong believer on that very positive no, yeah yeah no matter what life throws at you um, you've got to keep fighting and never ever give up so that um, is uh, kind of a message he'll be trying to give to our members on Saturday and the other presentation, perhaps, which again apparently is very common, I wasn't familiar myself with it, the Charles Bonnet Syndrome. I mean, again, that's a very, very interesting uh, topic, uh, perhaps that many people haven't heard about, but you're going to discuss. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is. It's a very, um, it's a very interesting topic, and it's probably something that um, we're really only beginning to discuss, be it in clinics or amongst ourselves, over the last 10, 15 years. And Charles Bonnet Syndrome, it, it's named after a gentleman who... I think nearly over 300 years ago now, he he was looking after his father and his father had a, was losing his vision. But he noticed that his, his father kept describing, you know, seeing these things, but he knew, the father knew that these things weren't real, that they weren't really there. And, and so Charles Bonnet then did a little bit of work into this, trying to understand what is this, what's going on. And it, it, it became known as a Charles Bonnet syndrome, whereby people who are living with a visual impairment, um, a significant visual impairment, maybe if someone has lost over 60% of vision, of, of what we would know as normal vision. And, and this can be due to any eye disease. It can be through, you know, an accident, stroke, diabetes, age-related macular degeneration, retinal degeneration. It, it doesn't matter what type of 
eye condition it is, but in some people, not everyone, they will experience what clinicians call visual hallucinations. And it's where you see things that aren't necessarily there. And this can vary from person to person. So some people might describe seeing animals or people in Victorian clothing at the bottom of their garden. Um, others can see shapes, patterns. And really what it is, is um, and I suppose to emphasise, this is not a mental health condition. In fact, it's as one of my my friends would always and colleague would always say it's quite the contrary it's in fact a sign of a very healthy brain it's actually your brain trying to compensate or fill in the gaps for the eye for your the loss of vision and so it's working away they're trying to i suppose plug in these gaps and and these images are then created and the the images i suppose for people who don't know that it's charles benet syndrome and that it's actually just a symptom of eye lo- of eye sight loss yes it can be very frightening Absolutely. For I can imagine. Yeah. you know yeah exactly you know if you start seeing people at the bottom of your garden you know they're not there it's very hard to make sense of that um and what we have found at fighting blindness is that this is this is quite a common phenomenon and, and many people are experiencing these symptoms but don't necessarily talk about it because there is that fear of maybe this is this is something else. Such a good point. Yeah. Such yeah, point. and so we really just want to try and create a little bit of awareness and we're working with researchers out in University College Dublin and to try and understand the prevalence of this in Ireland, people uh, in people living with sight loss in Ireland. And and to understand what are people's experiences and then to, I suppose, generate a greater awareness amongst even the clinical community so that, you know, people feel comfortable going into a clinic and saying, look, I'm seeing these things. I know they're not there. Has this got something to do with my sight loss? Such important. And um, as I said, many great topics being discussed at the public forum on, on Saturday. Uh, and maybe just before we finish up, Dr. Brady, um, again, I mentioned that the top five ways to look after your eyes during a pandemic, we, you, you've already addressed, obviously, the importance of keeping in touch with your medical um, doctor and uh, keeping appointments. But um, maybe just the screen idle, because so many people now even, you know, are, are working at home and uh, at their computers. And it's, it's such a great tip. Perhaps you might just uh, briefly outline Exactly. I mean, we, we are all now guilty of, of having a screen in front of us nearly all the time. Um, I saw an article recently where it said that, you know, on average, a person checks their phone over 50 times a day. And, uh, you know, I actually think that we, many of us would check it even more than 50 times a day. And so we are, you know, very much um, in a technical world, particularly with COVID and everything is now online. Um, even when we have, you know, our social meetings are, are now online. So we are looking at screens and what we would encourage people is, you know, to take a break from the screen. It is really important to take a break um, to try and avoid that eye strain because looking at screens can cause eye strain. Yes. So we would recommend, you know, to follow a 20-20-20 rule, which means, you know, give your eyes a well-earned break every 20 minutes. Um, by looking at least 20 feet away for 20 seconds. So 20, 20, 20, every 20 minutes, look away for 20 seconds for at least 20 20 feet away from your screen and just give yourself that, and your eyes, um, a break from that screen because, you know, even one of the studies that we're funding at Fighting Blindness is is showing that there's very high levels of myopia, which is short-sightedness in Ireland. Um, and we're seeing those levels of myopia increase significantly year on year. 
And one of the reasons why that may be so is because we're now looking at screens so much more time and spending less time outside, um, but instead now just looking at screens. So again, we would really encourage people to I, I set an alarm if it needs be to just take that break every so often. Dr. Laura Brady, Head of Research, Fighting Blindness in Ireland. Such good advice and uh, can I wish you and your colleagues the, all the success with your conference at the weekend and uh, all details are up on the fightingblindness.ie website. Brilliant and everyone's welcome. We welcome everyone. Dr. Brady, so nice talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Why not advertise with your community radio, Kilkenny City, as it puts your message into shops, restaurants, factories, homes and cars of a potential 40,000 listeners. So, we have something for everybody. Call today and book your spot with us. Or why not sponsor a programme or a slot by calling the office on 056 77 or our sales team on 086 810 Community Radio, Kilkenny City is a voluntary and not-for-profit organisation. To ensure people can safely and easily visit Kilkenny City, a one-way traffic system is now in place in the city centre, from John's Bridge to the Parade and from the Parade to Parliament Street, to aid social distancing and provide space for you to move around safely. Please enjoy our city and watch out for the new traffic flow signage and markings. This is your council working for you in Kilkenny City and County. Indeed, welcome back to Kilkenny Today and uh, many thanks to Laura Brady there, Head of Research with Fighting Blindness in Ireland and uh, some of the great work that they're doing and um, all the information can be accessed on their website www.fightingblindness.ie and uh, the vision of Fighting Blindness is to cure blindness um, but also to support people living with sight loss and to empower patients as well so um, they've raised over 18 million uh, euros in, in research funding over the last number of years and have invested the money in o- over 100 research and clinical projects so it's all really great work and it's all been done here in Ireland and um, as I said a virtual conference on the weekend and uh, it's all free and there's some really really interesting information whether or not you have uh, vision impairment yourself or family members and uh, as I said all the information is on the website but um, looking back maybe to some more good news stories from the papers or what's happening in the business uh, since we spoke last week and um, I suppose again a reflection of COVID-19 from the Sunday Business Post contactless spending hits record 2.9 billion euros um, high in quarter three so contactless spending reached a record high of 2.9 billion euro in the third quarter new figures from the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland show over 182 million contactless payments were recorded in, in, in uh, quarter three, which is an increase of 36% on the same period last year. And uh, interesting, the average contactless payment was €15.69, up from €12.03 uh, in the third quarter of last year. And um, also some information in relation to, um, I suppose, some worrying news from a property point of view, but um, three and four firms plan to reduce office space. And um, the article goes on to say that almost three quarters of medium to large sized businesses in Ireland are planning to reduce their office space, according to a new survey 
conducted by Equinox, um, which is a data centre operator. And the independent study, which polled 120 senior IT um, business people in Ireland, showed that 74% of respondents plan to cut back on office space and integrate remote working options on a long-term basis. So that's interesting indeed as well. And um, also, September mortgage approvals are up by 27%, and uh, mortgage approvals rose by 27% year-on-year in September, according to the latest uh, figures from the Banking Federation uh, Payments of Ireland. And first-time buyers accounted for 57% of the 4,600 mortgages approved last month, while mover purchases made up almost 26% of the total value of the mortgages approved, which was 1.12 billion euros. And um, Domino's pizzas are going to serve up, it says here in the headline, 715 new jobs in Ireland. So again, another good news story in relation to jobs being created right across Ireland. And um, I didn't realise this myself, but in Ireland, Domino's already have 2,000 employees and contract workers across 85 stores throughout the country. So yeah, good news uh, all round. I hope you enjoyed the programme. Thanks to all my guests today. It's time for me to go now and uh, I'll be talking to you again on Saturday if you're around for Saturday at five um, here on the station. Other than that, until we talk again, do take care and uh, have a good week. Bye. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM.